Welcome, welcome to the Easy Language Podcast. Hi, Raf. Hello, Rita. How are you? I'm okay. What about you? I'm fine. Well, we had a very interesting conversation with a dear friend of ours um, and Patreon supporter, Ken Kawa. Hi, Ken, if you listen to us. Hi, Ken. <laughs> and we were talking about maybe kind of, if I can use the word struggle, he had having only 24 hours a day to keep up with all his languages. And it kind of took us little by little to talking about habits, right? Um, so we have this an amazing podcast. We had, we are so lucky to have an amazing guest today. We'll be introducing to you a bit later. But first, I had a question for you. Is there anything happening in our network these days? Yes, uh, we just got the, uh, the news a couple of days ago that the Easy Catalan team won uh, an award Uh, in Barcelona, and it's the National Language Award for their contribution to the Catalan cause. Let's call it like that. Enhorabuena. And so congratulations, uh, congratulations to the Catalan team. And in, uh, in related news, I, uh, the episode where I, uh, you know, chatted in Catalan with them uh, just came out. Uh, we are talking about the Easy Catalan Uh, podcast and uh, it was a very interesting episode so if you understand Catalan or if you are uh, curious about Catalan go ahead and listen to that episode definitely I don't speak Catalan and I speak just other romance languages and I was totally able to follow up and it was awesome it was amazing so you we're going to be putting that in the show notes but first I'd like to introduce our guest Kerstin Cable is a language and communications coach, writer, and podcaster living in England. She's a native German speaker who hails from the beautiful Moselle Valley. Kerstin studied six languages in Germany and has added four more so far, including her language crush, Welsh. Kerstin is the author of more than 15 books and courses for language learners, co-organizer of the Women in Language Conference, and creator of the Fluent Show podcast. Kerstin is a popular speaker at language events and has been featured on BBC World Service, Süddeutsche Zeitung, and The Cut. Welcome, Kerstin. Hi, Rita. Hi, Rafael. Welcome, Kerstin. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm, I feel like I've really got, just got bigged up. <laughs> It's weird to hear about uh, oneself, right? For so long, like, oh. I know, I know. And... Like, I mean, it's not going to be a big surprise to any listener. Like, I provide this bio, so I write the most show-offy thing I can think of. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. <laughs> But then when, <laughs> when somebody reads it, it's all true as well. Like, I'm not lying. But when somebody reads it back, you sort of go, oh, my God, who, who is this? <laughs> Actually, to any American listener, it sounds normal. Maybe if you're in Norway, that sounds more too, you know, like, it That's depends true. on the culture. yes. Northern European modesty, it's going to get us all, well, if, if you are Northern European. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for making the time and coming to our podcast. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about, Rav, today? So we have quite a lot to cover during this episode, and uh, we have to make the best out of having Kerstin with us. So we are going to uh, split this episode into a couple of sections. In the first part, we are going to talk a little bit more about Kerstin as a, as a person, but also as a language learner and as a coach as well. And so she will take us through her journey as a language enthusiast. And then we are going to have a second section where we are going to talk a little bit more about, you know, the specificities of language learning and in particular, 
the habits, the system that you must use uh, if you want to be a successful uh, language learner. And then, of course, as, uh, as usual, we are going to have a, a, an after show, and this is possibly going to be multilingual. <laughs> we'll see what are the languages that we will uh, decide to um, uh, you know, juggle between the three of us. So it's going uh, to be fun. That's awesome. So let's start with your journey, Kestin. So the first question, what are the languages you speak and what is the story behind? So Rita, I love that you're asking what languages I speak instead of asking how many languages <laughs> I speak. I feel I feel like I feel so much lighter already. <laughs> and you didn't say fluently, etc. Um so, I my native language is German. I grew up in um, in the countryside in Germany and I started English in school age 10. And I think I just kind of became obsessed with it and wanted to move to England and whatever, be an English woman. And now I live in England and I'm an English woman as well. Um, so English and German are my my absolute mains. I started learning French also in secondary school. My relationship with French is more, it's too much work to let it drop. Mm. You know, do you, have you ever felt like that? That's how yeah, I feel definitely. with French. Absolutely. Right? Like I've come this far. We're not messing, but it is sort of, it's not the level it used to be. I've got in, in my background, I have a, my degree was half in French. So I definitely can speak wow. French. Um, but when I do it, I've, I've noticed I apologize for my French about 40% of the time in, in perfectly fine French. <laughs> That's exactly uh, what I wanted to say. I was like, what? I spoke to you French many times and I don't see any problem in there. <laughs> no, I feel like it's bad, um, but I need to just get over myself, I think. And um, I speak Welsh. My Welsh is, yeah, passable now. It's functional. Um, and that's kind of been, those are my four languages where I say, okay, I can, let's have a chat, right? Um, and then I have studied in the past other languages like Spanish and Italian. Um, they're, they're a little bit more rusty. And then I sort of have Russian and Chinese that I took seriously for a while. And now they're sort of, but I never got to a higher level. So they're sort of also there. And then I have the languages that are, I'm kind of interested and I don't know, I usually say a number around 10, but I'm not very detail-oriented human, so um, <laughs> I, I understand and have studied a bit of Luxembourgish because of where wow. I'm from, Okay. because I'm from so close to Luxembourg, so it's, yeah. um, I speak a home dialect, I grew up with a specific, specific dialect that is really close to Luxembourgish, um, so it feels, it's, it's an emotional language for me. Wow, what is your dialect called? It's called uh, Moselfränkisch in German, so oh. Moselfranconian. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> wow, really, I understand the fact that you don't feel like, I mean, people tend usually to be just asking, like, how many languages do you speak? Are oh, like 20 or 15 or whatever? And you said it yourself, you could be good at the language at some point and then forget about it for some time and come back to it and then feel again comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, as you said, they are there. I love that. You know, they're there, either in your heart, in your brain, somewhere, right? Yeah. You never forget fully. Kerstin, you said that you liked the question that Rita asked, and I loved your uh, answer, the way you described your <laughs> languages. Yeah, we're in a world where everyone wants to know how many languages and how well, like, it's a competition, while in your description of your languages, the, the main thing that transpires is the passion. Like the love for these languages. Yeah, I guess it's it for me, it's about 
I guess what I'm just thinking, what did I just tell you about? It's it's my dis- my relationship with the language rather than my skill level or whatever. I don't I'm not really a big mm-hmm. believer that skill level is that easy to to ascertain. But like with Welsh, I loved it four or five years ago as well, when I wasn't quite as functional in it in one of the, the podcasts um you were a guest uh and you were talking about that you're like oh why am i talking about my languages like my boyfriends <laughs> and i love that <laughs> i thought it was amazing i've had more languages than boyfriends in my life that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> so no wonder you've been podcasting for what 13 years now right um no not that long it's 2013 Oh, 2013. Yes. So, so uh, yeah, it's uh, around about nine years. Yeah, but it's a long time. Wow. I'm like uh, impressed. So it was a fluent show podcast mm-hmm. with uh, Lindsay Williams, all about languages. I quote you a podcast about loving, living and learning languages. Mm-hmm. But why did you decide to stop? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, you know, the disappointment when we found out that that one was the last oh, episode? No. <laughs> and Kerstin... The thing is, we we all listen to that episode, so it's uh, strongly recommended for anyone listening to this episode to go ahead. I we kind of know why, like we had to read between the lines, uh, but we did not leave with a clear cut answer to that. Okay, well, well, let's not make it sound like some kind of crazy mystery or something. <laughs> it's internally. Um, I I mean, like I said, I've been podcasting for absolute years and I love podcasting. And with The Fluent Show, we covered such a range of topics. And to be honest, it's not like I'm running out of topics um, or, or things to talk about. It's not in my nature. But there comes a point where personally, as as a podcaster and for me as a as a person who has a business in this industry um, and as a person who has, you know, evolving interests, there's a certain level of personal evolution and you you want to take on new projects start making space for new projects etc so something has to give there is that element but the truth with the fluent show what you observe with many podcasts is they either they evolve and they change some of them just stay the same and they're just really chilled but those don't aren't typically podcasts the way that the fluent show is which was Um, I had solo episodes, but I had a lot of guest episodes. And you will know as podcasters that, you know, there's a lot in um, getting the guests to come in, making sure your guest is ready, checking if your guest knows how to use a microphone right, checking if your guest knows what they're saying. Sometimes they're shy, sometimes they're, I mean, shy is not a bad thing, but sometimes they're, you know, they're hesitant to talk on microphone. Um, sometimes you turn up with somebody and they they think it's okay to have, two children playing in the background nothing against children but I don't want to hear them (laughs) on a podcast so it's just um there's a lot of extra you know effort that you put around um guest organizing so I think it would have been possible to evolve the show and bring it to another level but for me personally I kind of just felt like I've made this amount of episodes I think I want to give myself space to 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 kind of evolve and see what's coming into the next evolution of me and what happens with a lot of podcasts is you have this thing it's called a pod fade where you know every now and then you get this episode maybe there's one here maybe there's one there nobody really knows is the show finished oh she doesn't really do it that much anymore and I'll be 100% honest with you I loved the fluent show too much 
I cared about it too much to let that happen. Mm. I, I was too involved with it emotionally and I mean, ego wise, I don't know. Um, I didn't want that to happen. I thought it would be, I didn't want it to get worse because it was so good. <laughs> I understand. It's like an athlete where he retires with the cha like champion of the world and that's <laughs> Oh, you know, like, let's stop here. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> That's it. I won the World Cup and then I retired. <laughs> On a high note. <laughs> But there was a lot of that was sort of, you know, that's why it was painful for me as well, because it wasn't a bad show. It wasn't something, you know, there was nothing bad about it. But I felt like I can't keep this up for another, like, I can sort of, I was looking at the future and I didn't, I felt a little bit like, oh, and then I thought, no, I'm not even compromising a sliver of this. That makes perfect sense. That was a, a bold, uh, brave yeah. and honest scary. move. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it must have been scary as well. Um, but uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, switch topics just lightly from your podcast to your blog, because you started as a blogger, is that right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Over 10 years ago. And one of the first things uh, uh, we see if we visit your blog, which, by the way, is fluentlanguage.co.uk, are two keywords, joy and curiosity. Now, why did you go with these two keywords? Why mm -hmm. are these two words so important for you and, you know, in language learning in general? There's another, I think, hopefully on the homepage, it's still there, but I, I put on there as well, anyone can learn a language. Yeah, language learning for everyone. It is for everybody. It is for everybody in the world. And what I found is joy and curiosity are two factors that make any project, not just language learning, more fun and keep you going. And what I have what I have often observed in say a question like how many languages do you speak and how well it's very different to talking about what you're feeling for those languages and we live in a world where i guess performance is something that we feel pushed to do and you feel like you have to show up to a certain standard and what happens in language learning also with school, the way languages are taught in school, you end up worrying constantly about whether you are any good rather than asking yourself or checking in with yourself about whether you're actually having fun. Now, when you have an adult language learner, on the, on the whole, most languages that we learn, we kind of don't have to learn. I think all three of us are not English native speakers, so we all know what English, English is different in the world, but... For most other languages, you kind of don't have to learn them. You are learning them out of passion, out of a desire to improve your life, out of a desire to, you know, have a better experience. When maybe even if it's for your work, it's still, you still have this sort of, I call it a vision of who you're going to be and how great it's all going to be when you can do this thing. And that should be something that brings you joy. And it should be something that, makes your life happier and not more frustrating and in a world where most language courses just tell us that you can do it quickly it's really easy to lose the joy because you start to criticize or you start to feel like you've got to work harder etc and that is not my philosophy so I decided to put that front and center because in my mind is important um, and in terms of curiosity I my feeling 
I, I, my whole I teach a course on how to learn grammar, and my whole how to learn grammar course is built around this this idea, and this it's scientifically like I I, I did do cite my references. I didn't just make it up completely in my head, but it's built around the idea um, that when you want to learn something because you are actually interested in it you're curious about it your learning experience and your learning results improve massively this is beautiful and i love the fact that people has to do, they have to realize that things take time you know you cannot just you know from like people usually even ask me or i'm sure raf you had the same like oh so you learned that language so how did it happen i sometimes just make this joke and i'm like i was sleeping and i woke up and it was there you know <laughs> so i'm like um i love that about the human experience something related to also i love the word vision you said and i feel like also as a slow learner because mm -hmm. i think we are I, i feel i relate to what you say um You need also to take the time to build, you know, like solid foundations. And that's all what kind of your coaching is also about, if I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think we could just move on to the second section and talk about the language habit system. Kersin, can, can we call your approach like the emotional slow approach to language learning? <laughs> <laughs> what about that? <laughs> I have called it calmer language learning. In the past, you know, it's like not not busy, not stressful. We're thinking about how can we get some calm in there, some sense of peace. And uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could definitely you could call it whatever you want, of course. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The calm approach. I love it. It gives me, you know, this zen feeling. <laughs> I've been scared of calling it the slow approach because I thought, oh well, no one's gonna no one's gonna want to read or hear or buy from me about that. <laughs> yeah. But talking about you know questions that. In gen generally speaking, polyglots don't really like like how many languages do you speak, how well do you speak mm -hmm. them. Uh, another one is kind of kind of like was Chinese hard, was Russian hard, <laughs> and the, you know there's always this uh, comparison between uh, languages and now one is easier, one another one is uh, harder. You can argue there are you know scientific explanations that tell you why one is easier or why another one might be harder depending on your native language. But we could also argue that the most difficult language is the first one that you learn because you don't know how to learn. Mm -hmm. It's because you do not have a system. So could you please tell us why having a system, having habits is so important uh, when it comes to language learning? Yes, it's it's not. I mean, I, I do want to preface this by saying I do believe everything works in language learning and I don't hold some kind of secret. So if you don't approach how you learn in the way that I describe or, or whatever, you're still going to be successful. Don't worry. It's not the system that is the perfect thing but this is this is built on obviously my own experience as a learner but also having worked I started as a German tutor and then I sort of evolved into this coaching type of work because I kept seeing how people stand in their own way so this is based on my observations of like hundreds of learners as well and in particular Adult learners, adult learners, or by adult learners, there's no specific age cutoff. What I mean is if you are not in some kind of institutional like environment and you generally consider yourself somebody who can communicate um, at a fairly high level and you're sort of, you know, you're a, you feel like at, on some level a grown up. Habits are huge 
a huge benefit for for to build for this type of person because when you think of your language learning not as some kind of one thing to be completed or something where you are you are always looking for the better way to do it you're always asking am i there yet am i there yet how am i doing you know am i am i getting there when you find a way to think about it and to build and focus on creating habits in what you're doing what changes in you is that you start to see yourself as somebody who just kind of does this you know it's just you you can't not learn french and we're looking over the course of two years here right you can go two weeks without doing anything in french like for me for example i know i don't go two years in my life without speaking some speaking a little bit of french or you know reading something in french or making sure i i watch some kind of video or listen to a show or something in french and it's because i think of myself as somebody who like speaks french and who makes the effort to maintain a little bit of that french and where the habit thing comes into it is that i once i used to think like, we find it so hard we find it so hard to keep going in language learning and the secret is or the secret the <laughs> secret to success in my opinion is mostly to keep going it's not finding the best way it's not getting up one hour earlier it's not you're finding 12 more tutors it's just keeping going and over time it adds up like rita said it's it's slow but it's it really really a trickle adds up to quite a lot so it's about consistency actually mm -hmm. right yes and a lot of learners struggle with that they tell me yeah definitely but do you have i i saw also on your on your website um build a productive language learning routine that makes you feel fluent not frustrated mm -hmm. but usually when we talk about habits since we are all struggling with that mm -hmm. how do we make them really like stick is there a formula also with that or is there anything an actionable tip you could give for the listeners maybe I've sort of made up a formula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. that's good. <laughs> I know about it. <laughs> um, which is, and I'm, I'm really, gosh, we're early in the morning, but um, there's a few factors that I really, really, really build on. Um, and I teach when I'm, say, when I'm coaching and stuff. And this is, this is the structure I work around, the system, so to say. And that is um, that there's a sort of three-step process that I usually take people through, which is plan, track, and review. So before we even go into the planning, you know, what am I actually going to do? I like to spend a little bit of time talking about, like I said before, the vision. Or if you're going through it yourself and you're doing this for yourself, think about your success, right? You've got to, you've got to see yourself as successful. You've got, and it has to be more than just, oh, I want to, I guess I want to be fluent, Cool. What does that mean? Like, where are you going to be? What is the what is the situation going to be? Who's going to be around you? Um, one of my my coaching clients actually, she said to me, "I just want people to say, oh, oh boy, you speak well." And I thought wow. that's exactly what I want. <laughs> you know, you just what's going to make you feel like yes, capture that, document it somehow. You know, put it in a video, put it on a put it down on paper, put it somewhere, capture it. And um, then once we've got that, that's kind of woolly and not so practical. So then we have to get practical and that's where the plan track review comes in. So for planning, um, usually I, I like to plan 30 days out 
And I don't mean I'm going to do this on this day at this time because that doesn't work for me at all. Um, but I think about where do I want to be at the end of this month? What am I actually working on right now? Like, what do I want to just continue with? And um, I, I am a big uh, proponent of the working with core skills. So thinking about your language skills in terms of listening, reading, speaking, and writing, you kind of want to list out what, how you're going to make sure you are supported or make sure you're practicing each of those skills. So it's not about learning a lot of new stuff and just like dumping it mm -hmm. into your brain and memorizing. It's about how do you practice those skills. Um, and then the tracking, it can be super light or it can be really deep. Like some people mm -hmm. love to like whole, do a whole diary, give, like capture lots of information. Some people just like to like check mm -hmm. off a day on the calendar and go, yup, did a bit today, <laughs> did a bit today. Daily contact is fine. Um, and reviewing is something super close to my heart. Um, reviewing is about once you've got all that information, all that like data, so to say, um, sitting down with yourself and just saying, and that's, um, I found as a coach, it's really helpful to do that with somebody else who will stop you from just being some kind of inner self-punishing mindset where you say, well, you know, I guess I just failed for 20 minutes um, or 20 days, you know, so instead you want to look at, you know, did I actually do what I set out to do? Did I start doing something completely different? Because often language learners, you, you know, you think at the start, you go, oh, I want to do this, 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 this. And at the end of the month, you've done that, 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 that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because the first stuff is, you feel, you feel like you should do it, but it's kind of boring. And if it's boring, coming back to joy, people are so much less likely to, to do it. So we think about over mm. time, this starts to tell you tricks on what, how you can do the interesting stuff more. So then it becomes easier while also making sure that you are on track to sort of hit your goals. So kind, kind of that you have to find your way to learn languages. And oh my God, yeah, everyone has to. Yeah, and uh, this brings me, for example, to a perfect example, I think. Like in our previous episode, we talked about um, the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule and uh, how to use that to improve uh, your vocabulary or to learn the most important words first. And there's a lot of frequency lists on the internet that try and, you know, uh, teach you those, uh, those words. And instead, I found out that for those who su subscribe to your newsletter, um, one of the things that you get is, uh, uh, you know, a, a kind of a PDF file uh, that kind of teaches you the same thing, like vocabulary, like the most important words, like vocab checklist. Uh, but I love that you made it in a way that it's kind of, pe people can make it personal like it's divided by level and it's divided also by topics so it does it doesn't just tell you these are the most the the, the most common hundred words or whatever it tells you how to get there through you know using a system using uh, mm, a plan yeah and not every person who subscribes to my newsletter like fully gets that uh, so sometimes people say well where is the easy list where is just the Why, why aren't you telling me exactly what to do? Um, and I sort of feel like, well, that's where the, that's kind of the coaching side of it, really. <laughs> It's, I'm not the person who's going to tell you exactly what to do. I am here to help you guide yourself because I believe the results that you get, if I give you a hundred words to memorize, you can memorize that and cram it into your head. 
but you're going to be missing a lot of the context that I could, that you get if I give it to you if I if I say essentially what I'm saying in in that um in in the PDF which is more about think about whether you can do this right and whether you can achieve this kind of communication result um can you talk about where you live can you talk about this can you talk about that and if you feel like yeah you know I've got that some people don't need the word for whatever guinea pig or something like that you know <laughs> some people really want to talk about their pet quite a lot some people want to talk about a specific hobby they have we all have our own individual lives and we all have our own individual kind of vocab lists that come with that so that is what i'm giving people or what i'm trying to communicate with people through through that and i love that like actually the formula is, is there you say it clearly is the why is like what sparks joy in us and why do we want to do this and and kind of the vision as you said in the long term uh to kind of manifest it mm -hmm. and and go through it like with like baby steps and you were there to kind of tailor it and help people so we'll be for sure put in on the show notes the links to your blog to your like podcast we spoke about and and certainly also to this language habit system that people can enroll in because you're doing an amazing job so i invite everybody to go and and look at it and i we can just Thank you, Kerstin, for everything you've shared with us today already. Yes, It's amazing. we managed we managed to keep it quite short, despite all being so chatty. <laughs> If you agree, we'd be very happy to have you again and again in uh, our podcast. Yeah, I'm your new guest host. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you want. I wish we had a couple more hours here to talk about everything uh, uh, that we touched here. Now we are touching the end of the episode for people who are listening to us. But for our Patreon or supporters, we'll still have an after show. We'll be talking to you. Maybe in different languages, if you like to. <laughs> so, Raf, thank you very much for today. Thanks a lot, Kerstin, for coming. Thank you. Thank you, Rita and Kerstin. And uh, yeah, let's see what we can do in the after show. <laughs>